You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. What's going on, y'all? You are checking out Best in the World Daily. We're getting you ready for Super Bowl 52, Eagles, Pats, Sunday, February 4th. That's about a week and a half away. What is going on, y'all? My name is John Brown. Just a reminder, you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BITW Sports. All right. Once again, that's at BITW Sports, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You hit me up. I will hit you up. All right. We've been at this for a couple of days now. We're kind of letting uh, it's starting to sink in now. It's starting to sink in that there's one more game of football to be played. And that is for all the marbles. So I've been talking to talking to a lot of friends, talking to some people in the area, just trying to get their thoughts on the big game, the Super Bowl. So and that brings us to our guest today. My guest is the host of the Broad Street Line. He also writes for Liberty Ballers. Today we're going to talk birds, though. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for my good friend, Mr. Roy Burton. Roy, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, John? How you been, man? Been real good, real good. We got there's a Super Bowl to be played, and the Eagles are in it. Absolutely. You know, you know it, it's <laughs> been it's been a long time since we felt this way. So. Let me start. Let me ask you now. Where were you when the game was on? Where'd you watch the game? So, so I'm kind of I'm kind of weird in the fact that I like to watch the game like at home, mm-hmm. so I can hear the announcers. You know, I, I like cause I like to hear the announcers. I like to hear like the breakdown of the plays and and things like that. So, I, so I was watching the game at home, just you know, as I usually do for most games. You know, have the game on DVR so I can go back. But I just you know had the you know game, just watching the game, and then. You know, like a lot of people, you know, like yeah, you know, you see the see the first drive happen, and you're like, with the Minnesota drives right down the field, you're like, oh man, this might be a long night. And then the Eagles, you know, they kind of look sloppy on their first drive on offense, and you're like, this, you know, this isn't, you know, you know, this doesn't look like it's going to turn out well. But you know, they get the the Patrick Robinson interception, and then it kind of just like steamrolls from there, and it was just it was just an amazing, amazing game on Sunday. It was, it was. Now, do you watch the game by yourself, or you, uh, yeah, friends over, like? Like what's part of that process? Uh, I usually, I like, honestly, I usually watch it by myself because again, mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll take you know I'll take notes or whatever like that. But you know, I kind of like to focus on plays because, um, you know, because like you, I know I, I do a you know, I do a podcast and mm-hmm. a couple other things as well. So you know, like so while you're watching the game, you want to kind of be able to pay attention to the plays and and things like that. And then so I'm usually watching the game, and then you know you know whenever whenever the need arises, you know I'll, I'll jump on Twitter and kind of you know fire off a couple of things. So it's usually just by myself, kind of you know in the uh, in the living room and on the couch, kind of kind of doing my thing. So- so given given that it's been a long time, you know, almost mm-hmm. what, uh, 14 years since yeah. we as Eagles fans have been in this position. It's been 14 years since we just had the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Now, for right. you, I've, I've been asking a couple, you know, pe- people who followed and covered this team for a long time. In your opinion, how do you think mm-hmm. this – how do you th- feel like this experience – how does this differ from 2004? Oh, that's a, a good question. Um, this one kind of it kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. I mean, it's kind of like you know, like with with 2004. I mean, like you just look at the talent on the team, and you're like, oh, this team is like it's you know almost impossible for this team not to do something in the playoffs. You know, with McNabb and To and and just just all the weapons they had, even on both sides of the ball, even the mm. defense as well. 
Um, but this team, I mean, I know a lot of people. I mean, I, look, I'll confess. You know, I wasn't the biggest, you know, Doug Peterson fan coming into the season. You know, I wasn't sure about his, his game day play calling. Um, I wasn't sure how, how how good of a motivator he was. And you know, you look at this team, and you know, you, they, uh, the Eagles signed a lot of guys in the off season. But usually, like you know, when you when you make a lot of you know uh, additions like that in, in over the off season, it takes a little bit of time to gel. So, you know, with a young quarterback and with a bunch of guys who I wasn't sure how they were going to fit together. You know, I thought this was maybe an eight and eight, nine and seven team, and that was at the beginning of the season with a healthy Carson Wentz, with a healthy Jason Peters, and then you know once the season started and you know they kind of got on a roll, you're like, wait a minute, this is like there's something special here. I mean, there's a lot of you know you look back at you know like some of the moments from this year, like you know the uh, obviously the, the Jake Elliott kick and and you know just a couple other you know plays that happened this year. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like they're just on a roll. It was like a magical roll that kind of happened. So this to me is a little bit. It feels a little bit different because '04 was almost like, I mean, you know, you know, from like the the, the Ravens game in the preseason, like the the uh, the play action like deep bomb the TL. You're like, all right, this team is special. This team, I didn't have that feeling initially, but now it's like you know, like when you have a guy like Nick Foles come come in and play nearly flawless football for for two games in the playoffs it's like you know what this is a special ride and and you know i didn't expect this but but i'm i'm on you know i'm here and, and we're gonna ride this thing to the wheels fall off you know no i hear you i'm i'm the same way i guess for me and it's something that i, I have said on this podcast a couple of times like i i thought that i guess we're going to hear more comparisons to the 04 team now because both mm-hmm. teams are in the super bowl but right. leading leading up to this 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 game leading up to this point in the season, I had always said that I compared this team to the 2000 Eagles team because that okay. was, that was the team at the beginning of the run. And that right. was when you were sitting there and you, the season, now that season didn't end the way we wanted it to, you know, ended, I believe in a divisional round of the playoffs or the wild card round, but it, it ended early in the playoffs, but you mm-hmm. knew at that point, like this team was good. And it was going to be good for a long time. So I was right. excited. And that's where I was at the beginning of the season. Where I'm just like, okay, I, I you know, I want to, you know, I want to win it all. But even if mm-hmm. it did if it didn't, I'm good because I know that this team is going to be good for a long time. Lo right. and behold, now at the here it is the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> and we're playing things have changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- things have changed now, and now we have a chance to win. <laughs> win the Super Bowl. But right, right. Now, now you said yourself and you know I you're not alone in this thought, but at the beginning of the season you weren't necessarily sold on Doug Peterson. Right. But, but let me ask you about the job that he's done now cuz he's changed a lot of minds. There's I mean, he has to win coach of the year at this point. I mean, I think that's just, you know, I would think I would think so. Yeah, I, would I think so. Yeah. I, I I think he's got, you know, he he should be uh making room on his mantelpiece now for that for that award. <laughs> but yeah. let me let me ask you, what do you what do you feel has impressed you the most about the job that he has done so far this season? I think the most impressive thing and there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that you can point at directly to to Doug Peterson and the coaching staff and and give them credit for. But I mean, I, I think a lot, of, I mean, Coaching is a lot of it is just getting the players to buy in, you know, getting the players to kind of believe that, you know, you can do it or they can do it as a unit. And it's, you know, you, you see a lot of guys, I mean, you know, you, there's a lot of guys on this team, like a LeGarrette Blunt or Jay Ajayi or, or whatever. They can complain about getting touches or to complain about their contracts or things like that. And usually that's the kind of things that, that would tear a team apart. But you haven't seen any of that this year. I mean, like you have 53 guys in a locker room 
and, and you really haven't heard any, you know, discontent out of anybody in that locker room at all this year. And, and I mean, I know winning, you know, is, is a great, is a great elixir, but I mean, even still, I mean, you usually hear rumblings of something, especially at the beginning of the year, there was that, that story, like right before the first game, the Jeff McClain story that said that, you know, Jim Schwartz was, you know, going to, you know, taking over the locker room and things like that. And he was, mm-hmm. he acted like he was the coach and things like that. Stuff like that usually like destroys a team, like from the inside, you know, from the inside. And like the Eagles have kind of just blocked out all that noise and just said, you know what, like, like you know, like the, uh, their video, their, the locker room video says, you know, like, you know, we all we got, like it's the 53 guys in the locker room, you know, we're all here for each other. We're here for one goal. And, and I think Doug's done a, a, a masterful job, I'll say, of kind of blocking out that noise and getting everybody to kind of believe in that in that singular mission. Do you think part of that, part of the po- the popularity and part of what has made Doug so easy to get along with and it seems so easy to to play for is mm-hmm. just, I think, for me, it, it it kind of speaks to maybe how low things had got things had gotten with the previous coach, yeah, whereas this is a guy on the complete opposite. So you see, uh, so you see how he did it, and mm-hmm. now you see how this team has come together. Because I'm sitting here watching the game on, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game on Sunday, and I'm, you know, it it was one thing to see, you know, to kind of throw the shade at Jeff Fisher because you had Case Keenum versus Nick Foles. <laughs> right, right. But it has to be another thing for Chip Kelly to watch, one, the team that he coached now two mm-hmm. years removed from firing him, you know, with a chance to go to the Super Bowl under right. the, you know, under the tutelage of the 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 – whatever, you know, general manager, executive vice president, whatever you want to call Howie now, who you banished right. to the other end of the building when you were here. So it's just exactly. like, you know, how, you know, how much does that knife hurt? And how much, oh, you that, know, that, is it like, how much of a twist of the knife is that? That That's the thing. It's like, if you know, like, I, I don't know what kind of guy Howie is, but I mean, like, if I'm Howie, you know, if I was in that spot, you know, being the guy, like you said, who got banished to the other side of the facility, you know, counting helmets in the equipment room, or whatever they had him doing on his on his on his sabbatical. You know, his his one year sabbatical, yeah. or whatever. If I'm Howie, like I I, I might need to like I, I got to send Chip a Chip a DVD of the game or something, man. Because like you're right. Because like this is like this was like I mean, because some of Chip's foundation is still here, but mm-hmm. Howie's you know, the guy you banished. You know, he came in and he brought in a Legarrette Blunt. He brought in you know a Jay Ajayi, uh, Tory Smith. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. He obviously has an eye for talent. Mm-hmm. He obviously has. He obviously is, is skilled at, at building a roster and and keeping them under a salary cap. And and even in bringing in veteran leaders like Chris Long, like this is the guy you wanted no parts of. And now he's you know going to Minnesota for the Super Bowl, and you you know you're already out of the league. Already, I mean, it's like it's got to it's got to hurt for Chip, man. It's got to hurt. It's, it's got to hurt. And he he built this franchise by erasing all of Chip's mistakes. You know. Yep. You, you you saw the strip fumble by Derek Barnett. Derek mm-hmm. Barnett that we drafted with the first-round pick that we got having traded Sam Bradford, his quarterback. You know, right. you're, Carson Wentz, there's a good chance Carson Wentz could win MVP. Now, you know, right. m- maybe the injury plays a part, but still, I, I think, you know, I, I still think Carson Wentz has to be in, you know, in the running for MVP. You, mm-hmm. you were able to move up to get him by trading away all the guy, you know, pretty much all the chips guys, 
You know, you right. use the picks that you use to get uh, you trade DeMar- uh, DeMarco Murray and Kiko right. Alonso and Byron Maxwell. And you get, you know, this team is basically built off of correcting Chip's mistakes. Now he's out the league. You know, your his replacement <laughs> might get coach of the year. The guy you banished to the other end of the building is about it has been named executive of the year, and they might yep. have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Yep. God, it must suck to be Chip Kelly right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I know the UCLA check is probably nice, yeah, but yeah. I mean, at the same time, again, like you know, you're, I mean, you're Chip Kelly. You know, you wanted to prove yourself on the on the big stage. You wanted to prove yourself in the NFL. Like you're already you're already out of the league, and a lot of the you know, you, and you're seeing basically you're seeing your ex girlfriend flourish, yes. and it, like it, it's got to hurt a little bit. Oh man, it it, it does. I, I I'm I'm sure it does. I'm, I'm sure he's sitting somewhere out there in sunny California with a Patriots hat on. You know, just just hoping, <laughs> just just hoping for the worst. But uh, absolutely. But, but let's get back to let's get back to Doug Peterson and the job mm-hmm. that he has to do for Sunday. What do you feel like he needs? What if there if one thing maybe more than one thing, but what do you think he needs to stress to this team in order for them to be successful in, in a couple of weeks? Oh, I, th- I think the most important thing is, you know, you got to, got to keep your foot on the pedal. I mean, you mm-hmm. got to play 60 minutes. You, you don't let up. Um, we saw that at the end of the, at the end of the first half against the Vikings. I mean, Eagles, you know, easily could have just, you know, knelt on the ball, you know, went into halftime 20 up 21 to seven, you know, cause you had the ball coming out at, at, at the second half. So you could have said, you know what, we'll just kneel in it. We're up two scores. You know, we don't want to risk it. Uh, but no, but but you know, Doug had the guys go for it. You know, he had the had the nice play to Zach Ertz down the sidelines. You, you kick another field goal. You gotta you gotta when you have when you're up, you gotta like you, you gotta put this team away. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like the, with the Jaguars, you saw the, yeah, in the Jaguars exactly. game. The, Jag, the Jaguars at the end of the first half, the Jaguars at the end of the first half, like they had a couple timeouts. They they could have you know gotten in position for a, another score before the half, but they were like, you know what. We have Blake Bortles. We'll just kind of go in the locker room and, and play it by ear. And they lost the game by four points. I mean, like every possession matters. Every possession is important. And, and Doug and I and we you know we saw it Sunday. So I think Doug is going to stress that to his team next week. Say, hey, you know, every every time we have the ball, we're going to try to get points on the board because you can't you cannot give the give away opportunities against a team like the Patriots. Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you this: Were you mm-hmm. always a believer in Nick Foles? And, and this is and this is going back and this is going back to I'm I'm saying I'm going back to the 27 and two year when yeah. there were people who thought that people who thought that this might be the franchise quarterback was that you were you were you part of that crowd I, I wasn't I wasn't there I, I was like it was such a 27 and two is just so like it's so weird it's so fluky mm-hmm. it was just like something like I like it just seemed like so much of an outlier that I wasn't quite sold on Nick Foles being a franchise quarterback. But, I mean, but I'll say this. I mean, before the season, I mean, I know he didn't play that much. He didn't play at all in the preseason. But when they signed Nick Foles, like, you know, my thought was, you know, when it comes to backup quarterbacks in the NFL, he's probably one of the best, you know, because there aren't – I mean, look, it's hard enough, as you know, to find 32 starters in this league, uh, quality starters in this league. Um, but but as far as being a backup, I mean, he was he was solid, you know, in a backup role last year with the Chiefs. Um, and I thought, like, if he had to be pressed into duty, he, you know, he'd play fine. He'd play as well as you could expect a backup to play. But um, to say that I, you know, I saw, you know, I saw this what he's doing in the postseason, you know, com- completing nearly eighty percent of his passes. I, I can't, I can't admit that I was, I was on, I was on Team Nick for that. Yeah, I understand. But I guess for me, now I can't even say that I was a believer in 
in Nick Foles. I I gotta be honest. I, I was a Nick Foles mm-hmm. hater. I I, 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 <laughs> I can admit it. You know, I just feel like for me personally, I've always said that you know I am not a pundit. I am not an analyst. You know I'm a fan. So okay. as a fan, I can be wrong, and I I don't mind being <laughs> wrong. I don't mind getting it wrong. I don't mind. You know I don't have a problem admitting that I was wrong. And right. I will say that you know what I was never a, a believer in Nick Foles. You know mm-hmm. I you know and. I, you know, there there will be people who will chime in, who will hit me up on Facebook and Twitter or whatever, and just be like, "Man, you you weren't even a non-believer; you were just a downright hater." <laughs> but I I feel like this time around, you know, with this go around, my attitude towards him has had changed, in the sense that you know I didn't believe that Nick Foles had what it took to be a franchise quarterback, especially for this franchise. Mm-hmm. And now he's not the franchise quarterback. You know, right. I hope he wins the Super Bowl. You know, I, I want him to win the Super Bowl. But if if and when that happens, you know, we, we will congratulate him. We'll put him in the, you know, we'll put him in, on, on the truck at the front of the parade like we did right. Pat Burrow. You know, we, right. we will celebrate him. We will give him a standing ovation. And then we will mm-hmm. take the keys of this car and hand it right back to Carson Wentz. Exactly, exactly. But 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 nonetheless, I guess for, for me, it's like, you know, I don't need 27-2. and two. At this point right. now, all I need is one more good game from Nick Foles. I, you know, I, I, that, that's all I need. That's all I'm asking for, from him. And just given the way that he has performed in the past, you know, I, that's not hard to that's not hard to ask. Right. You know, I mean, he's had he's had success. So to say, you know, to expect him to to be able to, to, to just come out and just shine in this one opportunity. That's not hard. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. No, I mean, we've seen, I mean, he's had, you know, he's played three playoff games. He's played fairly pretty well mm-hmm. in all three. I mean, he played well again in, you know, in that Saints game that, that the Eagles lost back, you know, back uh, a few years ago. And he he's obviously played played well this offseason. As long as, he, as long as you don't, you know, uh, limit your mistakes, you know, like move the ball, you know, move the ball, make sure you convert third downs, limit your mistakes. Like you said, like you don't need 27 and two. Like he, Nick Foles doesn't need to go out. And throw for four touchdown passes and 400 yards against the Patriots. I mean, that'd be nice. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, but he doesn't need to do that or replicate what he did, you know, against the Vikings. I mean, again, play a nice, solid game. Again, you know, you know, make two thirty, two hundred forty yards, maybe a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, move move the ball on, on third down and just kind of kind of keep the Patriots' offense off the field. That's all you need. And, and from what we've seen, I mean, we from the data we've seen. Nick Foles, you put Nick Foles in a, in a big spot. Nick Foles has, you know, Nick Foles has, has delivered. So I don't think it's unreasonable at all. And I think that's what we're probably going to see, you know, you know, a week and a half from now. All right. We are on the line with Roy Burton from the Broad Street Line and Liberty Ballers and about six, seven other websites that he works for. This is a very busy <laughs> man. But we are talking Eagles today. Um, before we before we wrap things up, just uh, real quick. You know, we we all know about Tom Brady. We know, you know, yes. He he's either the he's either the greatest of all time or he's the guy sitting next to the greatest of all time. You know, he's he's in that <laughs> com- he's in the conversation. But what I right. I would like to ask you, give me a player not named Tom Brady that you are mm-hmm. most worried about on the Patriots. Oh, that's a very good question. Um, huh, well, I, I, if I have to pick a guy. I hate to, I hate to go the easy route, but mm-hmm. if I have to pick a guy who's not Tom Brady, who, who I'm worried about, 
I mean, it's, it's probably got to be Gronk if yeah. he's healthy. If, if he's clear from you know the concussion symptoms he had the other the other day, then Gronk's the guy. He's just a, he's just a physical like marvel. I mean, it's just you know to be that big and that fast. I mean, he just he's just a matchup problem because it's just you have a guy like Gronk and and again you know like the the Eagles, you know whether or not Denzel Elliott is going to be ready to go. Like the, you know they have questions. You know they're going to have questions as far as who's going to be asked to cover Gronk. You know whether whether it's going to be um, you know Kendricks or, or, or someone like that. Gronk's just a hard matchup. I mean, he's just like you know he's there, and you know that you know like you know he's going to get uh, touches. But it's like you know what do you like how do you cover him? And if you cover him, then do you leave you know you leave the middle open for guys like Amendola and and, and things like that? So you know I, I'll say Gronk's the guy. I mean, it's probably probably the cheap answer, but I'll say Gronk. Gronk is the guy that I'm kind of most worried about on the on the Patriots. No, that makes that makes sense, but. Also on on the other side of the ball, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you feel like this? Does this Patriots team match up better than the the Vikings did, or do you think this might? I mean, I mean, it's the New England Patriots. There's nothing about right. playing the play, Patriots that you would consider easy. But mm-hmm. do you feel like this is a more favorable matchup than Minnesota? Um, I I think. I think it's probably on par. I mean, I think it's probably something like I'm, I'm, I, you know, obviously more concerned about the Patriots at full strength. I'm more concerned about the Patriots offense because I, quite frankly, I wasn't concerned about Minnesota's run, running game at all. So I figured, you know, once you force Case Keenum into a couple of mistakes, then, then you were going to, you know, get, you know, beat those guys. So obviously I'm more concerned about the Patriots offense and I was concerned about the, the about the Vikings defense. Uh, but that said though, the Patriots defense is actually pretty good. I mean, a lot of people kind of, don't think about the defense when it comes to the Patriots, but um, they have a lot of guys that you need to kind of worry about on defense, like uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore, uh, Malcolm Butler. Um, I, I hate to say it, Patrick Chung. <laughs> For, you know, he's, wow. he's, a, he's a guy that... You're going to say Eric Rowe, too? <laughs> yeah, well, no, 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 not Eric Rowe. Definitely, definitely, definitely not Eric Rowe. But, um, you know, like like a lot of you know a lot of people think about, you know, they think great defenses. They think Jaguars, they mm-hmm. think Vikings. And they think Eagles. So you look at the numbers. The Patriots gave up one point more than the Eagles all season. I mean, for over the last, over the last was the last twelve weeks of the season, they they gave up the fewest amount of points in, in the NFL mm-hmm. on the Patriots defense. So I mean, the Patriots defense is very good. But um, so I got again going in, I'm a little less concerned about the Patriots defense than I was about the than I was with the Vikings defense. But I mean, you saw what the Eagles did against the Vikings defense. I mean, Everson Griffin got shut down. Um, you saw you know a lot of the back of Harrison Smith's jersey a lot. So I mean the Eagles, you know, they made plays when they needed to. So I mean I feel I feel pretty. I don't know if it's a fan of me or not, but I feel pretty good about this matchup. Okay, now it's all it, it is all right. It is all right to feel good because a lot of <laughs> a lot of people do. That's why I, I feel comfortable asking this last question that I have. Now I'm not okay. trying to get ahead of myself. I am not okay. predicting anything just yet. But this is something that I've been lobbying for for a long time. And I, I want to ask okay. you, I want to get your thoughts on this before I let you go. Okay. If, in fact, if the Eagles are successful on Sunday, yeah. I believe that the parade should go the full length of Broad Street. I'm talking Ooh. about I am talking about starting at Sheltonham Avenue, not okay. not, not not at Market Street, not, you know, not on the, not on the, uh, the Ben Franklin Plaza. You're starting right. at Sheltonham Avenue and going Ooh. all and you're going all the way down Broad Street. I mean, Ooh. down to the Naval Yard, turn back around, yep. then turn go around. to 
and then come okay. back to the then come back to the because that's how epic this would be if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. You're going the full length of Broad Street. Can I get you on board on that? Well, well, let me say this, like, like with the caveat that the city still exists mm-hmm. after the, after the game, because you know it's going to be like the purge out there <laughs> if the Eagles if the Eagles win this game on mm-hmm. on the next Sunday. But uh, I, you know, what? I'm 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 okay with that. Like, I'm I'm not sure why they haven't. Done, I mean, I guess logistically, there's probably some reasons, but I'm okay with. I mean, it's, it's going to be a long day, but I'm okay mm-hmm. with that because look, they're gonna, they're going to shut they're going to shut down schools. Yeah. You know? They're going to shut things down, so like nothing's going to be open. So you might as well like have the whole city involved in this. I never thought about the go to the navy yard and come back. Mm-hmm. I like I like that. You exactly. know, what? the, the I want, whole I need up. all. I need all of Broad Street. I need the whole thing to go from north. You know, basically from from northeast all the way to South Philly. That's that's what I need. I I need all of Broad Street. You know, you know sign, sign me up. We need to start a petition. Sign me up for uh, it. You know, I got you. All right, I'm, I'm going to get on that this weekend. <laughs> I got you. All right, I'll, I'll hit you back up next week. You know, whatever ha- whatever happens, you know, that's I, I got you on this, all right? We got All right, definitely, definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest has been Roy Burton of the Broad Street Line, Liberty Ballers and all that. Um Roy, what you got? Uh, what you got working on? What you got cooking this weekend, man? What, uh, what's going on on the Broad Street Line? Uh, Broad Street Line, of course. We have to talk a little bit about um, you know a certain football team that's getting ready to play a big game in, in a week and a half. <laughs> oh, um, so we, who, so we who have, could that be? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I got I got I got to check my notes. I got to see who see see what that team is. So of course <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about of course the, uh, the the hot Sixers team. Mm-hmm. Uh, six and going to be six and two in January. Um, you know, they, they with a triple uh, Ben Simmons with the triple double on Australian Heritage Night. So, discuss that a little bit, and then uh, you know we you know we like to have a little fun on the show as well. And this is a Royal, Royal Rumble weekend, so yes. since uh, Mary Kenny said this is Royal Rumble week, you know we'll talk a little bit of wrestling since we have the opportunity. We'll talk a little bit of Royal Rumble on, on the show as well. So a lot a lot of stuff to get to. Vince has got to be mad because up at, before you know before Sunday this was going to be the you know Royal Rumble was exactly. probably going to be the biggest thing happening in Philly and lo and behold what you know now he comes back you know he you know, he brings know, the Royal he brings the Royal Rumble back to Philly and now it's just pretty much an afterthought. There's going to be so many Eagles chants during Royal Rumble like Vince is going to be like what are we what are we doing here That's, like, like is this a is this a pep rally or what? Surefire heat for any heel just come out in the Patriots jersey. Yeah, and, and, and pretty much you're going to get booed out of the building. It doesn't matter yes. who it is, <laughs> and, and if you have anybody, anybody, any any faces struggling to get you know get a pop, just come out in the Eagles jersey. Roman Reigns, I want him in a full Eagles jersey. He comes out, and it, if, if if Roman Reigns comes out in the Eagles jersey, he can he can eliminate whoever he wants. And this is what I'm saying. It's like if you want to, if you really want to get, if you think that the Philly crowd will, won't have will have a problem with with Roman Reigns. A, have him come out in the Eagles jersey, and B, when he wins, just have Carson Wentz come down on the crutches, <laughs> raise his raise his hand in the middle of the <laughs> ring, and he's instantly, he's over. He's instantly over. Carson, you, you mean Carson Wentz could do what The Rock couldn't a couple years back? Yeah, what, oh yeah. What, what what Roman Reigns' cousin could not do, Carson Wentz can do in Philadelphia. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, well <laughs> we, we we definitely definitely will see about that, man. Roy, thanks a lot for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Man. All right. That is Roy Burton of the Broad Street Line jumping on Best in the World Sports Report. Hey, I just want to tell you guys, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. You can download this podcast. 
soundcloud.com slash bitw sports or on itunes just search best in the world sports report my name is john brown we will check you out later go eagles you're listening to the best in the world sports report listen to this show in its entirety every saturday at 8 a.m on the philly go flow and philly go flow